1: Greetings in the name of the Lord. Bishop James E. Collins, Senior Pastor of Eagle Heights Cathedral in Revere, Massachusetts, believes the Word of God is life to all who hear and receive it. Today, as you receive God's Word, know that not only are you receiving life, but your life will never be the same, for God's Word does not return void. It prospers in the thing for which he sends it. And he sends his word to change our lives. This is your day for a life change. Now please join us for today's message.
0: That church is so big, the new building, that the monitors are about big as platform. But we went into the old church that said, the sign says it seats 5,000. And we looked at that building And I said to them, why are you building one for 10? Doesn't this building seat five? Now understand what I'm about to say. I didn't say it was a black woman who said it. She said, yeah, that was until we got all these chicken eating mamas in here. Now we can only see 2,500. Tell somebody Bishop didn't say it. She did. Here's my point. Nearly 78 million adults and 13 million children in the United States deal with health and emotional effects of obesity every day, according to the CDC. An average adult is 26 pounds heavier now than in the 1950s. And while there are foods that help us, let me tell you the part we don't like is when the doctor says it's not just losing the weight, but if you're going to truly be healthy, You're going to have to incorporate exercise. You're going to have to raise your heart rate at least three to four times a week. Because why? There is an expectation. And just like there are some benefits that my body only has access to health-wise, when I follow the doctor's prescribed expectations, I need you to understand that there are prescribed expectations that God says you cannot take possession of unless you learn to fast and pray. Because number three, we are void of supernatural power because we do not fast and pray. And just like we have a nation full of physically obese people, now we're going to go somewhere. We have a church in America full of spiritually obese people. I am telling you that the church of Jesus Christ in America, we are not healthy. We are spiritually obese. We are fat. We are overweight Christians. We are full of fluff. Touch somebody and say, don't you dare turn that preacher off. And there is a problem in the pew because fluff flows on the platform. And if there's fluff on the platform, there will be fluff in the pews. When I look on a pastor's website in whom I have invested my heart and my life, and now he's only telling his people, I want you to learn and pray and believe God for more expensive cars and bigger houses. Listen to me. We have become spiritually obese. We are unhealthy. I'm not against nice things. But I have a problem when we are driven to seek God for a bigger house and a bigger car. And not driven to seek him for the lost and the dying of this world. When we do that we have become spiritually obese, unhealthy. Listen, I'm not bashing that preacher. I'm not bashing having possessions. You can live in the biggest house you want. I don't care if your house is 19,000 square feet. If God blesses you that way, that's good. But please understand. We don't fast and pray for stuff. Because the stuff is promised. If we do Matthew 6.33. Jesus said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things. stuff." need for your life will be added unto you. We are not church. Listen to me. Just under an expectation. We are under a need in the body of Christ. To fast and pray as we have never done. Because we are void of supernatural power. And let me tell you why we're void of supernatural power. Because the devil has lulled us into believing. What I see on some of your faces right now. you bored. I'm as serious as two heart attacks because we want to be dazzled. Luke 4.14 says this of Jesus then jesus returned in the power of the spirit of galilee and news of him went through all the surrounding region jesus returned in power and might how by doing something that was not a command but an expectation he prayed and he fasted 40 days and 40 nights everybody look at me jesus did not have to fast and pray he was god he was connected to god he did not have to fast and pray but listen to what he said in john 10 and 30 he said i and my father are one in john twelve forty nine, he said I don't even open my mouth until I hear what God says and then when I talk I don't say what I want to say I say what God says I want to know are there any preachers who anymore go into their prayer closet and say God I don't want to open up my mouth until I get a word from you instead of taking somebody else's sermon blinking it through the blender trying to make it all over again and then wonder why it falls off the front of the pulpit because we don't understand that you don't get anointed by preaching somebody else's sermon you get anointed by hearing from the voice of almighty god here's the problem in the church in america we are led by everything but the holy spirit we are led by our flesh by our money by our emotions our worldly desires paul even said we are led by our stomachs philippians 3 and 10 paul said i weep for a certain group of people Who claim to be in the kingdom, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly. Oh, if there's a nation who's led by their belly, it's this one. He said they claim citizenship in heaven while walking hand in hand with his world. And Jesus said in Matthew 17 21, this kind does not go out but by prayer and fasting. In other words, there are going, there's going to come a time into all of our lives. Listen to me, church, at some time or another that we, we, there's going to be some stuff in our lives that we get stuck with, that we're going to stay stuck with, that we don't have to be stuck with if we don't understand that you're not going to be able to move it unless you fast and you pray. Oh, you're not hearing me. Please. Don't blow this off. Some of you have things in your life right now. And the reason they're staying there is because Jesus said, You can't move some things that appear to be of a physical nature but are of a spiritual nature. You cannot move those things unless you fast and you pray. What is the power of prayer and fasting? It's defined in Isaiah 58, 6 through 9. Number one, prayer and fasting has the power to break addictions. Isaiah 58, 6a says the fast that God has chosen is able to loose the bands. Let me tell you how to get over that habit that you can't get rid of since you came to Jesus. Some of you have tried to stop smoking. You've tried to do this. You've tried to get over this addiction. Let me tell you something. If you will fast and pray, God has the power to break that thing in your life. My father had a friend in his life. His friend was a pastor and he was constantly smoking. And one night he had had enough. He went on a fast. He fasted all night long. He called on the name of the Lord. And he said, Father, I need you to deliver me. When he got up the next morning, he put a cigarette in his mouth and he threw up all over the place. Because the word of God says that if we will fast and pray, he has the power to break those bands. Number two, prayer and fasting has the power to solve problems. Isaiah 58 6b the fast that God has chosen is able to undo heavy burdens number three prayer and fasting has the power to set the spiritually bound free Isaiah 58 6c the fast that God has chosen is able to let the oppressed go free now everybody look at me because I'm getting ready to share something and some of you please please, please. just let me finish. Before you go half cocked all mad about what I'm going to say. Because what I'm about to say is powerful and it is the hand of God and it is not an attack on anyone. Please listen and listen all the way. The Christian Post, September 16, this came across my desk. It said this. Neither rain nor intense heat could stop hundreds of people from gathering Saturday to proclaim their freedom from homosexuality. A group of passionate millennials who called themselves overcomers brought the Freedom March to Florida to share how Jesus delivered them from the LGBT lifestyle the event kicked off just before noon with fervent prayer for the city for the LGBTQ community and for other groups of people pay attention the group received verbal threats even one threat from an LGBTQ affirming Christian group however no protesters arrived listen now Angel Cologne and Luis Javier Ruiz hosted the event and led the sharing of testimonies of salvation at a band shell before the group marched around the park both men are survivors of the mass shooting shooting at the pulse nightclub in 2016 and have since left homosexuality and started a ministry called fearless identity to help churches effectively share the love of jesus christ with the lgbtq community ruiz declared it's not a gay or a straight thing it's a lost to save thing worship was led by edward Byrd, who used to identify as androgynous before finding freedom in christ and accepting his identity as a son of god Freedom March's founder, Jeffrey McCall, shared how God brought him out of a lifestyle of living as a transgender gender prostitute. A woman named Laura Perry shared that she battled with gender identity so much so that she surgically removed her body parts to become a man. She said only to find out that nothing changed on the inside. It was my heart that was missing the Savior. There is no one who is beyond the grip of God's grace. If we will fast and pray. Number four. Prayer and fasting has the power to conquer mental and emotional problems. Isaiah 58 and 6. The fast that God has chosen is able to break every yoke. Church, listen to me. There is an epidemic of young pastors committing suicide in America. Listen to me closely. We have a big problem. And we are not committing suicide just because there are mental and emotional issues. I want you to hear me. I understand those things and I believe that if you have depression and all those battles and you're on medication, take that medication. I'm not knocking that. And I will never take the position of trying to put somebody in hell who committed suicide. That is for God to answer. But what I am telling you is this. I have a real problem with the church of Jesus Christ that we will not acknowledge that there is a devil loose and many of our pastors are being destroyed because of an attack of the enemy that he is deluding us and he is destroying us and that we need to fast and pray because this is not just mental, some of it is spiritual. Dr. Larry Lee in 1968 was like any other teenager. He was trying to find something that was real. He had everything outward but nothing on the inside. He got messed up. He ended up in a psychiatric ward. They pumped him full of drugs and his room was a cross with Jesus hanging over it and it had the initials I-N-R-I in Latin over the top of it. And in his drug stupor, he thought that the word meant that his name was Henry. And he's down there one day and he looks up toward heaven and he gets on his knees and he begins to cry. And he said, I cried out to God so long I couldn't cry anymore. And he said, all I knew how to say was, God, help me. And he heard the voice of God say to him, you're mine. You're going to go around the world and you're going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then peace flooded his soul. He went running down the hallways. He yanked that cross off that wall. He ran down the halls of that psychiatric ward carrying that cross. And he started yelling, his name is not Henry. His name is not Henry. His name is Jesus. And he's a deliverer. He can set me free. And Dr. Lee has been set free ever since then. What can God do when we fast and pray? Number five, prayer and fasting has the power to meet physical needs. Isaiah 58 and 7, the fast that God has chosen is able to deal, share. You notice what I said several years ago. I shared with you when we first went to Erie, and I need to tell you again. It was Christmas time, just like Daphne described. Christmas time. We didn't have any money for Christmas. I was walking the hallway. I had been fasting and praying for three days, and I said, God, Why is it that I've given myself to you and I've served people and we have nothing for Christmas? And right smack dab in the middle of my fasting and my prayer, a young man comes off of the street, walks into the church. He says, Pastor, you've never met me. You don't know me, but God told me to come to you. And he handed me an envelope that had $2,500 for me. And he said, have a merry Christmas. And he walked out and I've never seen him since. What can God do if God's people learn to fast and pray? Number six. Prayer and fasting has the power to give spiritual insight into the issues of life. Isaiah 58 and 8a, the fast that God has chosen is able to break light forth. Let me tell you something. If you've got a dilemma in your life right now and you don't know how to answer it and you're struggling, get before God and begin to fast and pray. He will illuminate your mind. He will give you the insight. He'll show you how to get through things and get to things. Number seven, prayer and fasting has the power to bring health and healing. Isaiah 58, 8b, the fast that God has chosen is able to cause your health to spring forth speedily. There are people right here in this church who have come to me and they said, Bishop, you don't know that I went on a fast. And when I went on a fast, God literally healed me. I no longer battled with sinus issues and those kinds of things. I know of a man whose hair had turned prematurely gray. He fasted for 40 days and drank nothing but water and ate crackers. By the end of that fast, his hair was black again. I said, dear God, I wonder if that'll make your hair grow, too. Number eight, prayer and fasting has the power to enable us to live holy lives. Isaiah 58, 8c, the fast that God has chosen is able to cause your righteousness to go before you. Let me talk to you for a moment. I fast at least two days a week. One of those days I'm fasting only for me. Not because of ritual or tradition, not because I'm more spiritual than everybody else, but because I want to stay so close to God. I know that my flesh, nothing good abides in my flesh. It keeps me sensitive to the voice of God and the presence of God. It keeps me from drifting away from God. Somebody walked up to me one day and they said, tell me something, Bishop. How is it that you keep the fire of God in your heart? How is it that you always have this joy? You always have this peace. How do you maintain the fire of God in your life? Let me talk to you for a minute. I'm no different than anybody else. I want you to understand that I get tempted just like you do. My temptations may be different, but this thing that I've learned, I've learned that falling on my face before God in prayer and fasting, it me as I walk through the temptations of life I am tempted and when I'm tempted the power of God not born out of my own might or power or self discipline but born out of the Holy Ghost to the degree that when I feel my desires going where they should not go when I have fasted and prayed I feel the hand of God and he touches me and he said son don't go there don't go there you gotta learn to fast and pray it'll keep you sensitive and he'll stop you before you go over the cliff Number nine, prayer and fasting has the power to enable us to walk in supernatural authority. We're going to close with this. Isaiah 58 d. the fast that God has chosen is able to cause you, God, to be your real reward, your protector, to walk in divine supernatural authority. Very quickly, Matthew 17, 21, where Jesus told the disciples that there are some things, some issues, some problems in life that will not be able to be moved out of your life without prayer and fasting. In Luke 9, it tells us the same story, but prior to that, Jesus called the disciples unto himself, and he gave them power and authority over all the demons to cure sickness and disease. Then the Bible says that he sent them out on a soul patrol tour. He said, go out and test this anointing now. They go out, they have success, they come back to Jesus and they start bragging about how the demons are subject to them. And Luke 10 and 20, Jesus said, wonderful, but don't get the big head because I need you to understand. I was standing there when God gave Satan the boot and he kicked him out so fast he hit the ground like lightning and went splat. In other words, he was saying they were doing what a lot of preachers do today. We got to understand that the anointing is not ours. The anointing is not about us. It belongs to God. And he said, don't rejoice about demons but rather rejoice because your name is written in heaven now go back to Matthew seventeen twenty one. for it is right after their soul patrol tour that they come and they try to cast the demon out of a tormented boy They can't get the demon out and they come to Jesus as if to say, Lord, we have this power and this authority. We made demons bow and sickness bow to the name of Jesus. Why then could we not help this boy? And Jesus said, listen, church. He said, because you don't understand there are some issues in life. There are some problems in life. There are some situations and circumstances in life and they come from the same place of origin. They may even have been encountered in a similar fashion before. But please understand, though they are some from the same family tree it is driven by a greater power and the only way you're going to remove it the only way you're going to change the equation is when you couple your prayer with fasting some of you need to make the main thing the first thing before you try fasting and praying why don't you just try praying let me talk to you for a moment why don't you establish a solid prayer life before you go trying to fast Let me describe for you the prayer life of most of this present generation. Some pray, number one, the lottery prayer. It can't hurt. Let me try this thing called prayer. Who knows, I might hit the jackpot. Eureka! Some pray the Guinness prayer. Long is the word for this kind of prayer. And sometimes loud. And to make sure that it's long enough, you insert as many Father Gods as you can. Father God, Father God, Father God, Father God. Reminding God that you're not my father. You're my daddy. Some pray the Aladdin's lamp prayer. These are the prayers born out of belief that if you just rub God the right way, he might just turn out to be more than a big fat Santa Claus in the sky. He might be a genie. Where your every wish is his command. Still others pray the Monty Hall prayer. It begins like this. Let's make a deal. If you do this for me, Jesus, I'll do this for you. Deal? Some of y'all do that with tithe. God, if you bless me with more money, I'll tithe. Deal? God says, no, liar. Because if you don't tithe before I give you the blessing, you ain't going to tithe. that. In fact, the more money you get, the stingier you're going to become. Then some pray the, I love this one, the Jiminy Cricket Prayer. When you wish upon a star, makes no difference who you are. Anything your heart desires will come to you. God is viewed as a cosmic grandpa. And here's the one most Christians pray. The call 911 prayer. Now there's something, pay attention Christians. Christians that many Christians say on the surface that sounds very spiritual, that I want to encourage you to stop saying. I'm going to tell you this. Please stop saying prayer works. Prayer does not work. When we pray, God works. Let me talk to you for a moment. Somebody said, when we work, we work. But when we pray, God works. Listen, prayer is not that thing that we do when we're desperate. That's called begging. Your life. Many of you constantly filled with 911 calls to heaven. When you fast and you pray, you don't get stuck making 911 calls because even when unsuspected things show up, you have such a deep connection with your father that you don't panic and call 911. You go directly to the Father and you dial up his number. You go to the rock who is able, the rock that is stable. Listen to me, church. If I can get this across to you, real prayer is born out of conversation. Driven by relationship. The apostle Paul said it like this in Philippians 3, 7 through 10. Everything I've accomplished in life is rubbish. Paul was educated in the best private schools. The best seminaries of that day. And yet he said, my private school education, rubbish. My BA and seminary degrees, rubbish. All the accolades hanging on my wall in my office, rubbish. Rubbish. He said, there is only one thing that is driving me that means anything, and it is this, Philippians 3 and 10, that I may know him. Church, listen to me. I sign my letters all the time, striving to know him, because I need you to understand that Paul was not like too many modern day Christians and pastors he wasn't driven to his knees only in times of struggle only in times of fear and discouragement only when there was a problem that he couldn't solve in his own power Paul was driven by the reality that I've got to know him and I've got to know him and if I know him then victory is assured I want you to understand that your bishop does not walk around in panic when I was told that Jessica and Shauna were sick I I didn't say oh my what are we ever going to do because I've learned something that there is a confidence that comes to the man or the woman of God who learns to fast and pray and to seek the face of God before trouble comes there is a saying every battle is won before it's ever fought when you have a consistent prayer life you are developing a consistent line of communication with God that is driven by a desire for relationship Matthew 16, 23. And in that day, you will ask me nothing. I say to you, whatever you ask, the father in my name will give you. Everybody loves Jeremiah 29 and 11. For I know the plans that I have for you, plans not to harm you, but to give you a hope in a future. Here's the problem. We never get past that because we never realize that there's something that comes after that that you have to do. If you're going to have what just came out in 11, verse 11, you got to do verses 12, 14a. Then you shall call upon me and you shall pray. Go and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you. And you shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found of you, saith the Lord.
1: You have been listening to Bishop James E. Collins. To purchase a copy of today's message, please visit us at ehconline.org or call 781-284-0670. It has been a pleasure bringing you the Word of God today. If you are in need of prayer or looking for a church home, please visit us at 1075 Revere Beach Parkway in Revere, Massachusetts. Our service times are 9 a.m. and 11.15 a.m. on Sunday mornings and 7 p.m. on Wednesday nights. God bless you until we meet again.
0: This is Bishop James E. Collins of Beyond the Walls Radio Broadcast inviting you to join us every Sunday on WEZE AM 590 at 12.15 p.m or visit our Eagle Heights Cathedral Facebook page, streaming of our services. In addition, tune in to listen daily Monday through Friday on WEZE AM 590 at 4 p.m. or by podcast 24-7 at WEZERadio.com for a word of encouragement in these days of uncertainty.